like my father was in East Tennessee land of home free spent time as a kid hills of Carolina mountains and valleys there there's no place finer still my time keeps ticking away I'll just keep are you all doing? I don't know why I asked that because you cannot answer us. But we want to hear. We are working on our Facebook group so that we can legitimately have conversations with you. Yeah, we want this to be a two-way street. So our Facebook will be launched soon. Um, Sarah and I are reunited. We're in her podcasting closet. I am in for Thanksgiving. Um, Hopefully you guys have listened to our Thanksgiving episode from last week. Thanksgiving is in just a couple of days uh, because Sarah and I have had a rough week. We yeah, are... so this is Morgan. Oh, yeah, I'm Morgan. She's the younger cousin. I'm Sarah. She's here with me yep. in my home. We are uh, recording the podcast day of. Uh, we, we procrastinated because it's been a long week. It's been a hard week. And so, uh, yeah, we're recording on the same day that we're going to It's literally like one fifteen on the 21st. And I don't really know that we procrastinated. I personally have had a shit week. Literally, I started a conference call Friday with someone <laughs> and they go, Sarah, why do you look like you're about to murder someone? And I'm like, I've had a real bad week, okay? <laughs> like, there's been a lot of depression and guilt and stress and anxiety, and I've not been in a good place. So I haven't been in a place where we could record. So we had to do some depression bedtime yesterday. <laughs> yep. We had to try to, we went to the gym today trying to take care of ourselves and getting a space to fucking talk. But I mean, yep. yeah, real life, we are, uh, we're struggling. I think the holidays do that for sure. Uh, we're both in like a kind of just a weird space uh, in general. And then you add the holidays and it's just hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we're, we both have the whole basket going on yeah. of emotions of I depression, mean, anxiety. The being single and like not feeling like you're enough, which originates in our childhood and just not you know, being from a relationship standpoint where we both want to be right now and going into the holidays single and then, you know, dealing with stress, like serious real talk and I'll try not to cry, but my mom is in real bad shape and has been all year and like coming out of her 16th time at the hospital, she's at home and, you know, she's an active user and she literally is bedridden. Her hair is a complete mat. Like, I literally can't go see her at that house right now. And it also makes me want to separate myself from family because family <laughs> makes me think about her as well. And I've literally exhausted every resource. I've spent a lot of time and energy with her this year trying to get her better. But every single time she chooses drugs and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. But seeing your own mom helpless like that because of her decisions and dying is it's indescribable yeah yeah so it's it's been hard um because not only are we dealing with sarah's mom my aunt you literally dying um it's just 
sometimes it's easy to kind of like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. But the holidays are like just an even bigger reminder of like, oh, she won't be here this year, of course, because she's in really bad shape and she's an active user and using intravenous drugs and it's killing her. So slowly with infection, it's insane. The shape her body's in, she's completely unrecognizable. And I literally can't even have a conversation with her on the phone because it's not autumn. There's no words. It's all screaming and crying. And, you know, it obviously has a huge toll on our Nana. That's her youngest child. And our Nana is also not, not doing great with her health. And that stresses her out. And, you know, it's just kind of a, a circular situation of guilt and, you know, hurt and all the things that you don't want to be experiencing during the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, this is something we talk a, a good bit about. And it's one of the harder things is like, you know, Sarah and I can have successful careers, have healthy relationships, have, you know, rich, dynamic, great lives. But at the end of the day, as much as we want our family members to take control of their lives and not be where they're at in life, um, we can't make them. And so you just have to sit and watch your loved one kind of waste away their life. Uh, and it really sucks because you want them to be present in your life. You, you know, you want them to be part of your life, but, uh, you can't make them. And going into like kind of the theme of today's episode that it, it almost makes you, and it's not logical and it's something I think we both have to work on in therapy, but there's a feeling of like, if I were good enough or if I, you know, if I were worthy of love, then my loved one would choose to, to right. be better and to be in my life. And, you know, it does feel from like, you know, with the parent side, there's been, you know, several times this year where, um, you know, showing mom lots of love, trying to help her, trying to give her resources. And it's like, damn, if she loved me and she loved my child, if she loved any of us, like she would do this. And it's hard to think about it that way. But it's also hard to not take it personally. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm just not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the not good enough feeling. And you can sit there and tell yourself logically all day that it's not that she doesn't love you. It's not that you're not good enough. It's that addiction is a disease and it takes over the brain, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also that, like, inner child little voice inside that just says, why, why, why am I not good enough? Yeah. And it, unfortunately for Morgan and I... <laughs> And I'm sure some of you have experienced this. It's spilled over into dynamics with our romantic relationships yeah, and insecurities. And honestly, probably some of the, you know, characteristics we pursue in people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about. So we decided like, okay, this is going to be our first episode where we kind of talk about like some of our relationship past which has been colorful to say the least and how it relates to like our childhood trauma and our family trauma um and we've we've like gone back and forth i don't know what we're gonna name this episode again this is a very last minute ordeal but we've talked about calling it either like attracted to our trauma or dating our trauma yes (laughs) um because so much parallels with like triggers from our mothers and picking partners who have those same qualities and same triggers. So, well, I guess that's, we'll get into it. We'll get into some of this. Um, we realized, so the reason we, we decided we would talk about some of our 
relationship past. And so we're going to focus on kind of ghosting um, because we realize we both have had an episode now uh, where we've talked about our mothers being missing, essentially, right. and like being ghosted by our mothers. Um, Which sucks. And, and it sucks even more when you get into a romantic relationship and you're ghosted. <laughs> and like, I still just can't understand the psyche behind it. I've never ghosted anyone I have too much anxiety, like, <laughs> it wouldn't work. But, like, to try to understand from the other person's perspective, like, why they do what they do. I think one of the things that we actually watched yesterday was The Bachelorette. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. I made Sarah watch The Bachelorette with me, the, the last episode uh, with Michelle, who is, God, she's incredible. Everything. So beautiful. Just uh, beautiful inside and out, clearly. Um, but she was talking, uh, I guess, spoilers, if you're uh, watching The Bachelorette and you're not caught up on episode five, yeah. uh, maybe just rewind just like a couple minutes. But she basically described a relationship in which she was giving, 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 and basically not getting that same love in return. Not reciprocated. Not reciprocated. And how she became super sick like incredibly physically ill to the point where, you know, she had all these doctors looking into her, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it turns out she was just in a very anxious, toxic relationship where she was trying so hard to make it work, not wanting to give up, giving, 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 and it not being reciprocated. And that's something I personally have experienced. I, I was in a relationship where I was giving, 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 and this person was not showing up and I like I lost over 20 pounds in less than a year and was like, am I sick? Like, what's going on? And, you know, went to my doctor and everything. We did all these tests. And she was like, yeah, I think it was just the breakup in the relationship. I think it's insane what stress can do to your body. And I mean, I've seen the physical, you know, deterioration uh, through this past year with Morgan. Like I, I, fit, I saw it. I could see it physically affecting her, mentally affecting her. But to think like you're in your routine trying to do as much as you can and you're losing weight, weight that you can't afford to lose mm -hmm. and feeling bad and feeling sick. I mean, stress can cause you to feel sick. Like there was a year where um, it was actually the year I lost my stepfather who I was extremely close with and my hair fell out. Like mm -hmm. legit, my hair fell out. I like went to my OBGYN like, hey, check my levels. Like is something going on? And it turns out it was literally stress. Mm -hmm. And it took until this year for my regrowth to grow out enough to where I could trim all my hair the same length. Yeah. And my hair is sort of back to normal. But I think that some people, you know, minimize what the mind and the health of your mind and brain can do to the rest of your body. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's so connected. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But even Michelle got ghosted, y'all. Oh, yeah. God. And let's just talk about that. Like, Mich yeah, Michelle wait. got ghosted. And she, that woman is perfect inside and out. Yes. So, ghosting sucks. It sucks so much. Um, Michelle, we felt seen, okay? Yeah. Listen, your story impacted us greatly. I was over here bawling. We were already hungover, too, because we had gone out the night before. We were recovering with The Bachelorette and Cracker Barrel, and I was just, like, crying my eyes out watching Michelle talk about her toxic relationship, because I was like, God, been there. Um, yes. Yeah, somehow, Sarah and I are really good at... Picking, um, 
I don't know. How would we even It's almost it? like a challenge or a project, right? Yeah. So I will say ghosting in my life started when I was a very young child. Um, my parents divorced. My biological parents divorced when I was two slash three years old. And um, my mom moved on to marry my stepfather and I inherited my siblings. And my father was the every other weekend dad. And he was supposed to get me every other weekend. And of course, this is before cell phones. We were still using pay phones. We were using <laughs> pagers. Um, and I remember on multiple occasions having my bag packed, like being excited. Like I even remember what my bags looked Aww. like that I would pack. <laughs> and I would have my stuff all together and I'm waiting because he's supposed to be there. And then he would he would fucking ghost me, you guys, like all the way. I would blow his pager up. I'd call the bar I knew he was at. <laughs> and I just, the, that feeling of not hearing, not knowing, is he dead? Is he just ghosting me? Is he drunk? Is he okay? Of course, I'm thinking about him, but in reality, he just got too drunk and didn't come get his kid. But that feeling is hard set. Like, that is the biggest rejection I think you can feel as a human being growing yep. up. Right. And it, it just, it makes you feel like, well, if he just loved me enough, if I were a better kid, if I were good enough, if I were smarter, if I was making better grades, like whatever, it makes you feel like it's you. Like he would show up if I were good enough, if I were better. Right. Like what's wrong with me? Yeah, exactly. It makes you question yourself. Which, your self-worth. Which is so hard to unteach. I mean, same for me. Like there were a lot of nights that, you know, my mom wouldn't come home. Um, I remember my first high school dance. I was very excited for it. It was like junior, uh, I guess like maybe winter formal because winter formal comes before prom. Yeah. Yes, it was. So I had this dress. I was so excited. Um, we were going to get my hair and makeup done. I had my little boyfriend and um, my mom, I think, said that she was going to run out to run some errands first, you know, and I was, I was a little anxious about that. <laughs> Obviously a very anxious <laughs> kid anyways. I was like, oh gosh, like. Why is she going to, oh God, you know, just worried about her, like, leaving the house. Like, is she going to be back in time to take me to my appointments? My dad was out of town. I remember he used to travel a lot uh, for work at this period. Um, and Sarah lived out of town. I was in Atlanta. Yeah, she lived in Atlanta. Um, and so it comes like, you know, for those dances, you got to start, I don't know if any men are listening who like don't know how this stuff works but like you gotta start getting ready really early because then you gotta meet really early to take pictures it's and like you a know. wedding day no it literally <laughs> is and so you know the time starts rolling around to where you know we should probably get get leave to make it to our my little appointments on time and I, this was i mean i was in high school i had a cell phone i don't think my parents had cell phones i don't think my mom did maybe she did i don't know but basically i started um you know, trying to call around, call my dad, like, hey, mom's not home. You know, I need to go to my appointments. I couldn't drive myself at this point. Like, I was I was young for my grade anyways. Um, and, yeah, long story short, she uh, got locked up for a DUI. So she was in jail. And I, I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I need to go to my appointments. And I also <laughs> want to be happy for my dance. Where's my mom? <laughs> She's <laughs> not here. I'm getting updates, and again, like, it was hard for me to be gone with Morgan at these critical age, you know, the critical yeah. age, the critical events, you know, that, that she needed to experience, and um, her mother was actually with my stepfather 
right before um, said pullover wreck DUI happened. And so I know what's going on because I'm getting updated from my dad. And then I'm calling Morgan and I'm like, are you okay? Like, you know, it just sucked so bad. It wasn't just the logistics of, okay, get her to her appointment so that she can go. It's the mental burden that she went through on what should have been a special (laughs) fucking day. Yeah, literally. I mean, so my my Nana and um, our grandfather, who we've we've talked about in the previous episodes, they both ended up taking me to my appointments, which was, it was good. It was fine. But like, at the end of the day, like, your mom is your mom and like your mom not showing up on the day that she was supposed to show up and like we're gonna have this day together like mom and daughter you know whatever it just fucking killed me and it 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 did it was a self-worth thing it was like well if I were good enough if she loved me more if I were more worthy of her love she wouldn't have drank today Mm -hmm. and she wouldn't have left and she wouldn't have got a DUI um and then it's like and then I'm in a relationship oh we got some dog drama in the background um But then it's like, yeah, and then I become an adult and I'm in a relationship where, uh, you know, I I was in, I was home, you know, in town and my dad was in the hospital um, and I just started a new job and like just kind of a stressful time. And as an only child, like when your parent is in the hospital, um, it's all on you. So I was like spending like 16 hour days at the hospital with my dad, taking care of him, uh, you know, trying to start a new job and like having anxiety about that. And I was in a relationship with this the relationship I referenced earlier where I lost all the weight. And my partner, who, you know, who came home with me, he just completely falls off the the edge of the world, I guess. Um, doesn't text me, doesn't call me, is not returning my text or calls. I don't hear for him, from him for like two or three days while I'm like in like struggling, like needing help, like needed someone to help take care of my dog, really, while I was at the hospital with my dad, like could have been nice to have my boyfriend like offer to bring me food at the hospital while I was working, like any of that. And it was just like, he didn't show up. And it was like such a trigger because I've had a parent not show up. And it fucked with me hard. I was in a horrible (laughs) place mentally that week. Honestly, and I told Morgan this, that's probably the lowest I've ever seen her. Um, again, she was going through a lot of stress anyways with life and changes. And then the thing happening with her father was very unexpected and it was a very terrible situation. And I remember at one point the said boyfriend like came to my house to get something and he didn't stay with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, and my child, my child is unique. He's 14. And he looked straight at this person and was like, why aren't you staying here? Where are you going? So then he had to explain why he wasn't staying here, which was a shit-ass excuse. And I remember sitting there with my child, like, distracting him while Morgan tells him bye. And after he pulled off, like, I could hear her sobbing, like, 30 yards away in my fucking yard. And I don't know that I've ever heard her sob that way. And it's just like, he wasn't even checking the bare minimum boxes, much less meeting Morgan on an an equal playing ground, like for what she does for him. No reciprocation at all. And, you know, to be in a low place and to be dealing with, you know, a very stressful situation with your sick sick parent not knowing what's going to happen and for someone who is supposed to love you to treat you that way and then literally ghost you yeah literally ghost you and it wasn't the first time 
No, it wasn't. And we were in a pretty serious relationship. Like, we, we lived together. Um, you know, we had moved in together. And, yeah, it was like, why can't you show up for me? And it, 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 was, it made me feel exactly the way my mom made me feel. Like, oh, I'm not good enough. If I were prettier, if I were more fun or better or worthy, whatever, like, you would show up. And it's just, like, the most triggering thing. And maybe if we had had parents who showed up for us... Being in that relationship, in that situation, I would have been like, oh, yeah, this has nothing to do with me and my worthiness. Right. And I could say that to her a million times and talk through it. But if any of you guys have had relationship dynamic issues, you know that it, you have to come to it yourself. Like, no one can talk you through it. Like, you have to work through your emotions. You have to process it. And you legit can't feel it until you're ready to feel it. And, you know, I think that... There's been some times in my past where I have been ghosted. And honestly, whenever you're a person that is a giver, that, you know, loves to do for people and, you know, I have anxiety, for someone to just drop off and not even respond to you or let you know if they're okay is literally the worst feeling in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't understand people that ghost. I know they're apparently, that's how they cope and process. But I personally think that it's one of the most selfish, mean, cruel things you can do to people like us. Yeah. Yeah, because all it does is leave you to think, like, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And what's wrong with me? And if I'd done this better, if I'd done that yeah. better, maybe you wouldn't leave. Is it the way I look? Do I need to go work on my appearance? Like, yeah. what, what is it? And, you know, Morgan and I have both had people living with us that have ghosted us. So then you're not just dealing with the feelings in the person. You go back to your residence and all their <laughs> shit is there. Yeah. Like, what is this pattern that we have dealt with where they're like, they just leave all their shit. It's like, God damn, am I that terrible? <laughs> like what? And I don't even know what I did. Actually, that's the thing is none of us, we never had a, a fight or anything before we got ghosted. We just like kind of got ghosted for not much of a reason. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, going back to, like, attracted to our trauma. <laughs> why do we pick partners who would treat us this way? And why do we pick partners that have issues that we think we can heal? Oh, and, my God, yes. You know, or, like, we feel like we should always do way more for people than we should actually do for people. I think because we've been treated poorly and we don't want anyone to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why am I stressing myself out trying to do all this shit for somebody that it's not even logical? Yeah, not even logical. I don't know. It's almost like maybe it's almost like, well, one, like trauma bonding is a huge thing. Yeah. And so you meet. So, so like, you know, we've expressed before, like how hard it can be dating and just trying to like explain all of our family dynamics and like what these people are about to get themselves into. So it's sometimes easy to find someone who's also been through trauma who understands things like maybe addiction or alcoholism maybe because they've experienced them themselves or yep. you know or things like that so we're like oh yeah like oh this person gets trauma oh this person understands shit that I've been through yeah it's a match made in heaven yes <laughs> and I love this you told me this not long ago like Whenever you meet someone in a romantic way and you, like, immediately start spilling your guts about your life and all the, you know, 
traumatic events that have occurred and they do the same thing early on in the relationship and you're like, oh my God, we we connected. Like right. we're bonding. Apparently. Apparently that's not that healthy. <laughs> like, actually, you shouldn't tell your whole life story and all your trauma to a stranger. <laughs> and if you guys are doing that on a first date, that's actually trauma bonding, and it's kind of a red flag. Like, <laughs> I just learned that. Because I've been I've had first dates where, like, you know, we kind of get into a little bit of stuff like that. And, like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is my soulmate. Like, they understand me so well yes. because they understand all of the things I've been through. And it's like, oh, also, they're not healed either. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to fuck you up even worse. <laughs> You're just signing up for some more trauma. And I've never really thought about it that way until Morgan educated me. And I was like, well, that kind of makes some sense. Yeah. And and another thing that I've experienced is um, I've been like, oh, yeah, let me only date men from now on who are in therapy. Which I'm like, okay, I think we can all agree that, like, everyone needs to go to therapy. Men especially, like, there is a whole stigma with men and mental health and, like, how men aren't allowed to feel their emotions. And, like, that causes a lot of issues in our society. So, like, I'm all for men going to therapy. But what I have been saying to Sarah recently... (laughs) The fuckboy has evolved. <laughs> this therapy the modern has fuck boy <laughs> evolved. Mod- the modern fuckboy who has been to therapy now has a whole new set of tools. Vocabulary. Re- Voca- <laughs> the vocabulary. <laughs> they have all the vocabulary to seem like they're not a fuckboy. <laughs> yeah, they have... Therapy has given them tools and resources to not seem like a fuckboy. And it's very dangerous now. So now I'm like, okay, I thought... If a man was in therapy, like, we're good to go, like, green flag, check, you know. You're dealing with your shit. Yeah, Mm-mm. good to go. And they might kind of be dealing with their shit, but they might still have a lot of shit. But now they have the vocabulary to make it sound like they're good when they're not. Or they know, like, what you're supposed to be doing, but they're not really doing it with their self. Exactly. Like, with me, I'm very self-aware. So I'm one of those people that's like, I need to find, like, a top level therapist that gets everything because I can talk, I can therapy you, you know, like I have evolved myself with, you know, discovering myself and being self-aware and, you know, studying mental health and things like that. And, you know, you can know what you're supposed to do and never do it and still just be a hot mess yourself. But also guys, we're not bashing you. This applies to women as well. I think that, you know, it goes both ways, but between social media and like being able to have dating apps and like find people immediately, the dating world is real difficult nowadays. It's so hard. Can we talk about the guy I was dating who we both worked on the Hill, um, and you know, in different offices, but you know, (laughs) You, you see each other if you're walking in the hallways in, in Congress. And this man tried to ghost me. <laughs> he did ghost me. Actually, he did. <laughs> we had gone on multiple dates. You know, we had hooked up, whatever. Um, we, I thought we were really feeling each other. And uh, actually, the holidays happened. Thanksgiving happened. Yeah. And after Thanksgiving, things got real weird. And then he ghosted me. Yeah. Like, just straight on ghosted me with no explanation. And then I saw him in the hallway twice. I think he forgot that y'all work at the same place. (laughs) Yeah. 
I ran in, like, we passed each other in the hallway twice, so then he finally decided to text me and be like, oh, sorry, over the holidays I saw my ex, and I feel really guilty, and I'm just so sorry, and I'm like, bitch, if you hadn't seen me in the hallway, you would have never texted me. <laughs> like, just be up front, y'all. What do you think's gonna happen? What do you think's gonna happen? It literally send a text message. So, yeah. yeah. We're so sorry, dude, but, I mean, come on. That is... It's a little immature. Come on. It's so immature. It's just like, send a text message. Literally make some shit up. Use your therapy vocabulary so you sound like less of a fuckboy and just be like, hey, you know, I really enjoyed getting to know you, but, you know, I've just realized that I'm not in a space for something serious, so, you know, I, I, I think we should just, like, be friends from now on. Whatever. Just fucking send something. Don't leave me wondering if you're dead or if your fingers are broken. <laughs> I was like, look. There's two excuses. One, he's dead. The other, his fingers and pro- all of his toes actually would have to be broken, and that would that would be a satisfactory excuse. But he also still has a nose. I don't know. I mean, it's just like why can't you just send one little message, dude? And you know, I had a situation where I was in a pretty serious relationship. Person lived with me. Um, obviously knew my child, and basically one day he was like. Out of nowhere, everything was great. I was giving this man back rubs every night of his life, okay? Like, I am a giver. I was doing everything for him. And then suddenly, out of the blue, he was just like, I need a couple of days to think. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, everything was great. I don't understand. There was, like, no context behind it. And I was like, hell no, I'm not getting treated like this. I was like, I'll just help you think. And I'm sorry, but... We're done. Well, there was no, like, breakup talk. There was no come get your shit. There was no nothing. It literally, he just completely fell off the face of the earth. Ghosted me. All his shit and his vehicle was at my house. And so, I have a dog that's dying that I actually had to put down. I had my child who has some uniqueness anyways that I was dealing with. And so, like, I was trying to get in touch with him to have some support and figure out what was going on. I definitely, crazy bitch, like, texted him. And still just, like, no response and shit. And it's like, we we try to talk about this closure thing like it's a situation. Right. But it's like, it really, at the end of the day, I don't know that you need to have a, a conversation with someone for closure. But don't just fall off the face of the earth and leave yeah. your entire life behind for someone else to deal with. Like, that was shitty. And so, you know, I didn't talk to that person for years. And then... Kind of struck up some conversations again a couple years later. And I'll be damned. We weren't even dating. We're just, like, talking as friends. He fucking ghosted me again as a friend. Like, what is wrong with people? What is wrong with you? Like, just say, hey, I'm alive. I'm okay. I just don't want to talk to you. Anything. Like, anything. Just don't just fall off the face of the earth. Literally. But, like, I I think we've been learning a lot about closure lately. Well, we have. And, yeah, I had a similar situation, too. The, the same guy who, you know, I saw in the hallways at work, he obviously ghosted me, then sent the text about his ex. Then I'd be damned if six months later, <laughs> this man, and this was during COVID, so maybe he was just like, shit was weird during COVID. People were lonely. But then he, he messages me, and he's like, oh, Morgan, like, I hope you're doing well, but, like, I just have never stopped thinking about you, and, you know, I just felt so strongly about you. I've never felt this way about someone, and I just hope you're doing okay. And I was like, where is this coming from? Like, what do you mean you felt so strongly about me? If you never felt so strong about someone, why did you 
ghost me after you saw your ex while we were seeing each other. Like, something's not adding up. So we, like, agree to meet up and, like, talk and have a conversation. Which I'm, like, very confused about why we're having this conversation. So, like, we meet up and I'm like, yeah, you know, what you did was really shitty. Like, you basically ghosted me and then you only texted me to inform me that you were ghosting me because you saw your ex. Because we saw each other in the hallway. Like, that, that's all pretty fucked up, right? You agree? And he's like, yes, you know, I'm sorry. You know, this man, again, he's he's a very evolved fuck boy. So, like, he, ha- he was saying all the right things. And I was like, okay. So, you know, then we just, like, leave. And I was, like, walking home and I was like, wait a minute. I'm still confused. I was like, what was the point of that? So I texted him and I was like, hey, I I just have like one last question. Like, why did you reach out to me? Like, did you reach out to me because you wanted to like close this chapter? Or did you reach out to me because you wanted to like reopen this chapter? Because like I have enough self-respect for myself that I'm not going to sit here and like wonder and like go down this path of like, oh, you know, could there be, you know, a second chance, whatever, if that's not what this is. Um, and I'll be damned if that man never fucking responded. <laughs> He did it again. What is wrong with people? What is wrong? With- and then, and then, six months later, I swear to God, he responded to the text before. I'm like, what is wrong with you? So I finally, actually, I will say, Sarah and I were talking about. Clearly, we have put up with a lot of shit that we shouldn't. We are growing. I actually just recently, this man reached out again, and I was just like, I ended it for the. I was like, this will never. I'm not going to put up with this, essentially. Like, I, I have more respect for myself. Like, sorry, wish you the best kind of thing. Uh, and I will never go back down that path with this man. <laughs> but yeah. it's just like, what is wrong with y'all? Like, absolutely not. Just communicate. Yeah. you got to show up for yourself. And Morgan has been really championing that lately. And it's something I need to work on. You know, sometimes we get caught up in, like, wanting the relationship and the partnership so much that we're just like bending over backwards and not respecting ourselves. And I think that also comes with the closure conversation. Like Mm -hmm. closure doesn't necessarily mean that you and the person are ending on terms together. There's a lot of times there's narcissists, there's people with other mental health issues that you're never going to get closure from. They're going to continue to repeat their pattern over and over again. And so you have to learn how to respect yourself and have closure without the support from the other person or conversation with the other person. Like closure doesn't have to mean two people. Yep. You can do it on your own. Yeah. I think I've, I'm fully in the like closure. I don't know who decided like closure conversations were a thing, but like, I, I think they're bullshit now. Yeah. I think you give yourself closure. Like, you decide, okay, this relationship or this situationship is ending because it doesn't serve one of us. So, like, what's there to talk about? Right. What's there to talk about? Other than logistics, if you guys have shit or, like, you know, you live together, whatever. Otherwise, like, if a situation doesn't serve you, that's your closure. Like, you accept that for yourself and you walk away. And I think a lot of people get caught up on, like, but if I understood why. Why did they treat me like that? And it's like, really? Like, if you knew why, would that really change the way you feel and how it's affected you? I'm pretty sure it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's like, at the end of the day, why does the why matter? If they're not treating you like they should be, they're not reciprocating what you're giving, why does their reason matter? It doesn't. All that matters is that, like, you're not getting what you deserve. That's all that matters. So, like, that's your closure. Yeah. Is I'm walking away from this because I deserve better. And all of you that do ghost, just so you know, if you're ghosting an anxious person, we go through like 50 ways that you have died. Yes. You're sick. Like we go through all of this loss 
in like the most tragic way. We're calling hospitals, okay? Yeah. Just give us a hey, fuck you. Bye-bye. Like, that's all it takes. So that we're not, like, questioning whether or not you're alive or dead or injured. Yes. No. I mean, and I have picked some men who also have some, you know, maybe depression or anxiety or, you know, some kind of, you know, whatever. And so my mind, because of what we've been through with our family, I'm always like, oh, they committed suicide. Yeah. I'm like, they're dead. Which is, like, I know such a drastic jump but it's very logical but because we've been through this (laughs) shit i'm like they've they killed themselves yeah and And it was my fault exactly and then i can't eat or sleep hence the losing weight (laughs) (laughs) for multiple days at a time yeah and it puts me in like the worst place ever um i think tiktok has taught me that sarah and i both have um anxious attachment styles and we're trying to work on having secure attachment styles but that means that we have in the past chosen partners who have avoidant attachment styles. Yes. So they, when we're anxious and we need reassurance and we need to know they're here and that they're going to show up and that they're going to be dependable, they're doing the opposite of that. Yeah. They're avoiding, they're not communicating, they're ghosting, they're not not showing up. Yep. Yeah. And it's horrible. (laughs) And it's almost like, I don't know, maybe it's a challenge. Maybe it's like, I'm going to make this motherfucker who like never does this shit love me and do all of it. Oh, yeah. And it's like, guess what? (laughs) The amount of fuckboys that I've been like, I know he's a fuckboy, but like, maybe I'll just, maybe he'll change for me. Yes. Maybe it'll be, maybe I'll be, and it's, it's, I'm sure it ties in with our childhood trauma of like trying to prove our worthiness. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if I can just get this one man who's made it very clear that he has no interest in committing to anyone to commit to me, that'll prove to myself that I am good enough. Yeah. And that I am worthy. Like, I'm extraordinary, and I work really hard to be extraordinary. And, yeah, like, I'll be enough. I'll be enough to make make the change. Right. But, spoiler, if a man or a woman or whoever is not, is, has made it clear that they they have no interest in committing... It has nothing to do with whether you're good enough to make them change. <laughs> They're not going to change. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If somebody goes to Michelle, it's it's not yes. about your worthiness. Yeah, I feel so seen. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> yes. It's like we have got to stop trying to prove our worthiness. And it, it does. It comes from not being good enough for our moms. Because, I mean, for me... And dads. And dads, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Her parents. Yes. Um, Like, for me, like, my mom not showing up and, you know, not coming to things in life, my soccer games, whatever, and then also, like, constantly criticizing me, like... And I, I know she was criticized by her mother. Our, our Nana is very critical, and I'm sure she was criticized as a girl, and so, like, that's just been carried down. But, like, I, it doesn't matter what I do. The decision where I went to college was the wrong wrong place to go to college even though I went to college and got my bachelor's and none of them have a bachelor's you know me studying political science that was wrong yeah you know my like it doesn't matter I worked in the U.S. Senate and that still wasn't good enough it's like nothing is ever good enough for them and and so I'm constantly trying to prove my worthiness and it's like I'm trying to get to a point within therapy and I always get very emotional when I talk about it with therapists because it's it is it's like my biggest thing um I'm getting to a point with therapy where like I have to accept that like my worthiness comes from me and like it's not going to come from outside validation and I have spent a lot of time seeking the validation that I did not get from my mother from men yes 
And then you just can't get outside validation. We have very toxic behaviors that make us feel better. But the problem is they make you feel better temporarily. Exactly. It's a temporary solution to a long-term problem. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So it's like we're trying really hard to do the work. So, you know, we can actually be happy and heal ourselves because the imposter syndrome is strong with us, y'all. Yeah. It is strong. And if you haven't ever heard that term, look it up. Bet if you had some trauma growing up that you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like questioning yourself, not even just in relationships, like questioning questioning yourself at work or yep. just your value and, you know, whether you're good enough. Like, I have that so strong in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then being ghosted. We got to stop making men who ghost us. <laughs> because it fucks with you and... Yeah, so we're, we're trying to figure out how to know ourselves without outside validation that we are worthy and we are good enough. Yeah. It's hard, though. It's really hard. It is hard. You know, similar to Morgan's story, like, uh, during my first marriage, like, I did the whole big country club wedding thing. It was, like, in a magazine. It was beautiful. My mom would not even go dress shopping with me. Oh, so yeah. I have a very dear friend who is my adopted mother. Who did all those things with me. But just that rejection through the entire process of, you know, whether it was because of the substances or this or that, like just that whole feeling of not being a good enough daughter that you would want to have those like huge life experiences with me has like stuck with me so hard. And it's like, those are times in my life that are positive that I should have positive memories from. I think about the rejection, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I try not to be negative, but that that sticks with you. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there have been, like, countless times where, and even, like, like I mentioned in, you know, one of the last episodes about when my mom was missing uh, because she was staying with her ex-boyfriend and me reaching out and being like, please respond to me, mom. Like, I want to have a relationship with you. Like, let's please work on this. And her just not responding. It's just, it's that rejection. It's like me coming into town and being like, hey, mom, like, do you want to do lunch? And there's always an excuse. Like, no, you know, can't because whatever. And it's just like, oh. I've experienced that when I moved around and didn't live in the hometown. And it's so hard because you kill yourself to come in and then nobody wants to show up when you have these persons in your life that have these behaviors. Your family doesn't want to show up to, like, make an effort to see you. And... When it's your mother, that whole dynamic and level is just like, wow. Like, you don't come see me out of town. Like, I come all the way to town. You won't even make an effort to see me. I come see you, and you don't even spend time with me. (laughs) Yeah, like, you're, yeah, exactly. It's, it's really hard. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, like, you have to, like, as a mother or as a parent, like, you should build up your child's worth and their self-confidence. And when you don't do that, like... How how is a human, like, how is a child supposed to build that up themselves mm-hmm. and then become an adult and, like, feel worthy? Yeah. I know certain things that my mom would criticize about me, my physical appearance oh my God, up, yes. have stuck with me my whole life. And I have this perception of the way I look. And people are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah. Like, yep. my mom told me this my whole life. Like, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like some deep-seated, like, fucked up shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's like a weight, uh, there's like a 5 to 10 pound weight range, uh, and my weight like does not really fluctuate that 
is like okay. Well, no, they always criticize. So my mom and my grandmother, I'm always either a little too heavy or a little too thin. There's always a little comment. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is it? Because my weight really pretty much stays the same. Like, there may be, like, a 5 to 10 pound fluctuation throughout my life. But, like, other than the, the relationship where I lost a lot mm-hmm. of weight. But it's always like, oh, Morgan, you've you've put on a little weight. Oh. You know, and it's like a backhanded suggestion of, like, mm. Or, oh, Morgan, you're too thin. You should, you should put on a little weight. And I'm like, damn, bitches. Like, you have like, this, like... Down to the point, something, something, apparently. Let's not even get to the conversation about her eyebrows and what she needs to do with them. Oh my god, yes. It's just like constant uh, criticism. Literally the last holiday my mother attended, I hadn't seen her in so long. And I remember going through our little food line. It was a very small gathering. And getting to her and literally have had not have hadn't had conversations with her this was during the period where she would disappear and, and go on benders only thing she had to say to me first thing she had to say to me you need to go to Weight Watchers and it's like god damn that's some really hurtful shit to yeah. say like that's mean like hi I haven't seen you in months I love you too yeah literally literally I mean even even in this this trip, since I've been back in town, um, I, I saw my mom and my nana, and I literally had to put down a boundary and say, hey, let's not comment on my physical appearance, whether it's positive or negative. I would just prefer to not hear any comments about my physical appearance today. And they're like, well, we're not saying anything negative. I said, no, I know. That's okay. I don't want to talk about my physical appearance today. Please respect that. And they did, for the most part. But it's like, yeah, don't fucking talk about my physical appearance. Your backhanded compliments still feel negative and I don't want to talk about my physical appearance also like let's stop suggesting that women are only their physical appearance there's so much more to us but that's why when we get in relationships I'm like I need constant reassurance do Mm -hmm. you think I'm pretty do you love me do you think I'm good enough and that's not healthy obviously like that's a big burden on my partner yeah you know so like I'm we're working on trying to get to a more secure attachment style but Mm -hmm. We can clearly see where this shit comes from. Yeah. And with me, it's more like acts of kindness. Like, acts, like, action is my love language. So, like, the words are cool, but, like, do things to show me mm-hmm. that you love me. Like, I, I do really crave that and need that. And I'm going to do a lot of acts to show you I love you because I'm a huge giver. Yeah. So, it's like, can you, um, you know, reciprocate this behavior? And that is something that, you know, I look to have in relationships. Yeah. And now, like, especially going through a relationship where a a serious partner really did not show up when I needed them most and would, you know, just completely not respond to me, not talk to me, which is complete torture. I really, in my next relationships, because I had a parent who didn't show up for me, who, you know, disappeared at times, I need to know you're fucking dependable. Mm -hmm. I need you to... Let me know that you're going to show up and you're going to be consistent and you're not going anywhere. Because when you've been through the kind of trauma that we have, like, I just, yeah, I need you to show up. I need you to be dependable. And the other hard part, being a female, is we expire quicker than men. Like, I hate to say that, but, you know, men have, like, this longer period where I don't know it's more acceptable for them to maybe like date younger people or like Mm -hmm. find partners we sort of expire in men's eyes you know so that's another hard thing for me and Morgan to hear is like 
we know we're single. We don't want to be single. (laughs) And we know we're getting older and we should be hitting certain milestones in our life. But that's like a huge triggering thing, too. It's like, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, no, we live in a society that tells women that they are less desirable the older they get. Yes. And a society in which men can always find a younger woman. and that's not really the case for women. And yeah, it's hard. There is, it's already, so th- that's the whole point. It's already hard enough to be a woman in this society where like so much of your worth is based on your appearance. As you age, you're told you're less desirable. You need to be this weight. You need to be, you know, have this type of body, you know, this type of face. If you don't have this, if you your don't have that. Your reproductive system expires. Exactly. Men's doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's already hard enough to be. And then, then there's Instagram where like everyone's filtered and perfect. So you're comparing yourself. <laughs> so it's already hard enough to be a woman under those circumstances. But then you add being criticized your whole life by your parent, being rejected by your parent. Then it's just like, well, fuck, where is my self-worth supposed to come from? I am. I use humor a lot just to get through life. Yeah. Because otherwise I'd be really sad all the time. Yeah, it is hard. Um, but I will say, like, her, Sarah and I have both pretty recently, like, walked away from situations that did not serve us, that we, d- you know, deserved better. We weren't being treated like we should, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we are growing for sure. Um, it's I think so hard. It is. Some to of the hurt yourself for yourself. <laughs> yeah, for your future self, because <laughs> staying in something temporarily for the short term, but knowing it's not going to be good in the long term, knowing you deserve better, uh, doesn't serve us. So I will say, like these situations that we have like walked away from recently. Um, I think that shows our growth for sure. Because we wouldn't have walked away from some of this stuff. No. A few years ago. I would have just kept giving and kept making it work. Staying toxic. Yeah. But we're trying to not stay toxic. I hope it pays off. I hope that future Sarah has a real good fucking life. (laughs) Exactly. But all this to say... Stop ghosting, guys. It's so and girls and, and girls and, and everybody's everybody's all everybody. And Stop even ghosting. family members. I have a close friend whose family member ghosted her. It was like her best friend. Just yeah. stop it. Or, or even a friend. Even a friend. Look, we're adults. Like if you, if someone is no longer, you know, fulfilling something in your life, they no longer like fit in your life, or you know, maybe you're in purpose. a bad place. Yeah. Just communicate, though. Like, that's a way kinder thing to do than to just fall off. Like, yeah, yeah it's harder to, to be a good communicator. It's harder to have hard conversations. But, like, it's the kind thing to do. Truly. It's so unkind to just ghost someone. Yes. Regardless of the relationship. And, and you know, I, I kind of have my rules. Like, I went like I went on a pretty bad first date. And we didn't even have each other's phone numbers. We were just talking on a, a dating app. And... It was kind of clear, like, you know, we said goodbye at the end of the day. It was very clear that the date was not going to be good. He messaged me, like, three days later and was like, hey, Morgan, like, I actually had a... Not sure if you did, but I had a great time the other night. Like, would love to do it again if you're interested. And I was just kind of like, I'm not going to respond to this. I don't think that's as bad. But, like, if you've been seeing someone and they've had, like, a role in your life and you've gone on multiple dates, if you've hooked up... If you're living together... If you're in a serious relationship, have a hard conversation. Just be like, this isn't what I'm looking for. And honestly, I guess now that I'm being, like, 
I'm going to be totally self-reflective. I could have responded to him. I should have responded yeah. to him and been like, hey, yeah, you know, this isn't what I'm looking for. Like, great to meet you. Wish you the best. Get good at declinations, people. Okay? Just send the declination. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like if you apply for a job. You want to hear if you're not getting it. Yeah, exactly. Just respond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So moving forward, I'm going to always respond. I'm not going to ghost anyone. No. Yeah. I, that's that's probably my only ghosting situation after one first date. But still, let's have the hard conversations. It's the kind thing to do. People deserve communication. Uh, even if they've been shitty, say, hey, you've been shitty, so I can't have you in my life. I wish you the best. Like, your breath stinks. I'm gone. Anything. <laughs> Just be like, I'm in a bad place. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. It's the kind thing to do. Show up for people. Even if, you know, I don't know. Show up for people. Yeah. Send them... Send them the rejection, but just communicate it. And we want to hear from you guys. Come on, like, correct us. Tell us your story. Like, seriously, we want to know that we're not in this alone. Yeah, please tell us we're not the only ones who've been ghosted by someone we're in a serious (laughs) relationship with, who we live with, or, you know. Left their stuff. Yeah, send us your worst ghosting stories. Um, Send us your all kinds of stories. We hope you guys did some bingo boards for thanksgiving again it's in a couple of days it's sunday today so thanksgiving yeah. thursday so um yeah send us those send us all the things we'll have our facebook up soon we'll communicate all of that and you know what take care of yourself if taking care of yourself means that maybe you don't show up to the typical family dinner respect yourself be there yep. for yourself um communicate I- it say i can't show yes. up Tell them that, you know, like, take care of yourself through this holiday. And we do so many things for other people. Like, make sure that you're showing up for yourself first. And, you know, we do hope everyone has a great holiday and, like, spends it the way that, you know, they desire and they love. And we really hope that you do the bingo boards if you do have to go to a toxic situation. (laughs) Yeah. We want to see the bingo boards. Exactly. Send us your bingo boards. And we're sorry that, like, you know, truly we we aren't in a really great space this week. Um, Yeah. But we thank you for, like being with us and we're gonna keep it real like we're not yeah. gonna just like pretend like things are happy happy mm-hmm. go lucky because that's not what this is we obviously. laid in my bed for like half the day yesterday <laughs> like it was disgusting okay like but yep. that's what we had to do to take care of ourselves exactly. because we were depressed bitches especially after drinking <laughs> until 3 a.m the night before we had a depressant and then we were depressed the next day like Funny it's how amazing that how that works out yeah. right yes but we're in a better place now uh like we said we went to the gym and just like talking here is like very therapeutic and and feels good so um we really appreciate you all listening we appreciate you all listening when we're not in the best space um and we just hope you guys are taking care of yourself during this holiday season and we love you so much yes um again show up for yourself respect yourself uh and reach out to us yep and we'll talk to you guys next week we love you Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye.